would remain standing and turn in your pew Bibles to, I don't know what page. Does anyone know what page? 331, Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. It'll be our scripture reading for this morning, which is well appropriate after that song. Amen? Give us courage. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' aide, My servant Moses is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the river Jordan into the land that I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place that you set your foot, as I promised from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, Moses, so I will be with you, for I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my, my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the left or to the right, that you may be successful wherever you go. And do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you. You may be seated. Sermon in a sentence. You ready? Receiving is the first step to experiencing God's promises. Receiving is the first step to experiencing God's promises. Receiving. Interesting thing, one of the greatest difficulties that some of us have is receiving. Was out to lunch, was invited to lunch by a friend of mine. And, and I'm, all, I'm always one to test things. Always. Always testing it. I, always have something I'm fiddling with. I'm trying to figure out, okay, does this work and how does this work? And it can be anything from, in high school I played football, so I, I played wide receiver. I carried a football wherever I went. Always. Can't tell you how many times I got in trouble in class. Always carrying a football. I even slept with it. Just to hold on to it. Just to, just to get the feel for it. <clears throat> it can be a principle of something. It could be something that my parents told me not to do. And I would test it. And I'm not the only one in here that's done that. Right? Because you want to know, first of all, what's going to happen with what I do when they told me not to. And then, how are they going to handle this? But we do. We test things, don't we? 
So I got invited to go to lunch. I was invited to go to lunch, but I'm going to test something. I have something going on in my head, so I'm going to test something. So we get to ordering and everything, and I'm like, I got this. I'll pay. And I step up to pay. The reaction is exactly what I was hoping for. Uh, oh, wait, hold on. Now, I, you know, I, I said I had invited you, and, and I'll take care of that. I got this. Don't worry about it. You know, you, you've got seven kids, the story goes. You've got seven kids. You just, you know. Mm-mm. You know what I was testing? Receiving. Receiving. And, and we get caught there sometimes, don't we? We, we don't want people to give things to us because f- for a number of different reasons. We, we don't want to inconvenience them. We think we may know their financial position and we don't want them to stress their pocketbook. Right? There's a lot of different reasons that we don't allow people to give to us. But Ian, the Bible says it's better to give than to receive. True. Luke chapter 14, Jesus is talking about that. And it's a banquet. And he's talking to the host of the banquet. And what he's telling the host is, don't invite all your family and friends. Give to those who are in the hedges and the highways, who don't have. It's better to give than to receive. As Christians... That goes two ways. It's better to give than to receive, right? So we're supposed to give. So then who's on the receiving end? But we have a difficult time receiving. So we tell people not to give. You know, there are times, and I'll bet everybody in here has experienced this. You're in a store or you're someplace out and about and you see something and you think, you know what? So-and-so would love this. But I'm not sure how they'll react, so I'm not going to give that. Or I'm not going to buy that for them. Hmm? Been there? Give so that people can learn to receive. Not just family and friends, because that's not what Jesus was talking about in Luke chapter 14. He was talking about giving to people outside of our sphere of comfort. Well, I'm going to buy so and so, you know, I'm going to buy my child this because their birthday's coming. And we always have some kind of crazy rationale for what we're doing. What's their birthday's coming? You know what? Buy it because you want to and because God's put it on your heart to do it. That church is called obedience. Because what that it's doing is that is inserting God into that person's life. Goodness. Goodness. The goodness of God. One of the fruits of the Spirit? Goodness, right? Also a weapon. We'll get into that in a couple weeks. But it is. It's goodness. It's the goodness of who God is. To do for someone else. You know what? Here's the best part, and I've tested this too. The thing that I enjoy the most is doing it to somebody I don't even know. Well, you don't even know me. Don't need to. Why would you do something like that? Because God wants to show himself to you and he wants to do it through this. Receiving. It's difficult at times, isn't it, church? We don't like it. 
for a number of different reasons. Unfortunately, one of those reasons is our pride. I don't need you to give that to me. I, I can do this. I got my own cash. I got my own ability. I don't need you to do that. That tells me that you do. Because there's a brokenness, a submission, a surrender to let someone provide for you, to give to you. Because see, if we don't put ourselves or allow ourselves to be in that position to receive, how then do we take these amazing promises that God has given us and utilize them in our lives? Well, Ian, God helps those who help themselves, so I have to help myself first. Not in here. It's not. Take my children, for example. They want to do something. They want to start something. Mercy with violin. We use her. Well, Mercy, you need to go out and you need to cut as many lawns as you can so you can rent yourself a violin. Because you know what? I ain't helping you. I see you put forth some effort and you're going to do that on your own. No. You see, Mercy's stepping forth to do this because that is part of her makeup. That is part of her gift. That is part of her talent. That is who God has designed her to be. As a father, it's my job to know that. God has also supplied that I can help her. So... Yes, what do you need? I'll get it for you. You know, God treats us the same way. We realize after we've emptied out our backpacks and we run into our purpose, sometimes on purpose and sometimes just because, you know what? Every once in a while, somebody can find a goose in a snowstorm. A blind squirrel can find a nut, right? So once in a while, God will just show us these things and all of a sudden, boom, here's my purpose. Here's my portrait. Here's what I'm supposed to do. God, I surrender. I'll do it. Whatever it is, whatever it takes. And then all of a sudden, things start happening. You start getting what you need. Your mindset shifts. Things start happening. What's that? That is God giving you the tools you need to be who he designed you to be. Receive them. Receive them. You see, I strive, and I'm not perfect at it, but I strive that my children can come to me and say, Dad, I need this. Will you help me? And that is an opportunity for me as their father, as the leader of our household, to step into my ability to fulfill my promise to them. Church, God is no different. He has given us promises. The question comes down to, will we receive them? And as we have looked at our backpacks and as we have moved some of those things out, we have created space in our backpacks. For what? To receive. To receive. Promises that we read this morning out of Joshua. 
I will give you every place that you set your foot. I will give you every place that you set your foot. Imagine Joshua is looking across the river to the promised land and he sees the walled city of Jericho and he gets this promise. Every place you set your foot, I will give you. Now, one of two things, Joshua's going to go, oh my word, that's a whole lot of walking. Or, is he going to receive that promise and know when he comes across the river Jordan and plants his foot down that that's mine? That's mine. That's mine. Do you see the significance of them walking around Jericho? God had just told him, every place you set your foot, I'll give you. Now go walk around that city for seven days. That's significant. Did you ever connect those things? Wherever you walk, you own. That's why, you know, in the past when we've talked about being walking arcs of the covenant, when I walk up to a store and I put my hand on that door to open up that door, I can open up that door, step inside that door and say, with all my heart, the kingdom of God has come to this door. Not because I'm great. But for some reason, God has chosen this wreck of a vessel to deposit his glory so that it enters a business. And it impacts everybody around me. Not me. He does. Every place you set your foot, I will give you. So Joshua and his army and his people walked around Jericho. And they owned it, didn't they? No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. Does anybody else want that confidence? No one will stand against you. No matter what you face, no one will stand against you. I promise. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will be with you. With you. There's a lot of battles that Joshua faced, wasn't it? God never left him. I will never forsake you. I'll never turn my back on you. I'll never leave you alone. I will never leave you out there hanging out to dry in front of someone who wants to take your head off. I will be there. Always. That's a promise. That's a promise that we have. Sometimes, though, we, we forget these, don't we? In the heat of the moment, in the difficult situation that we're in, in the hurt and the pain that's just crashing down on us, those escape our minds sometimes. That's why we're supposed to abide in the vine. Because as we're in Him daily, then our spirits are always stirred. There's always motion. There's that bubbling up that Jesus talks about, that bubbling up of living water that comes up out of us and into the situations that we're in. 
How can you be so peaceful in a time like this? It's not my peace. How can you stay so calm? It's not my calmness. If you could really see the true Ian, I'm the one freaking out in the storm. But it's God. It's the Holy Spirit. It's promises that He's given me that I've been reminded to step into, to hold on to, to know that they're mine. I have received them. And see, I've dropped my bitterness and I've let go of my regret. So I have a place in my life, in my backpack for this promise to sit. Because as I move forward in doing what I'm called to do, as I take my gifts and develop those gifts, I need those promises. I need them. Isaiah 41.10 So do not fear, I am with you. Partnership with God. Do not be dismayed, for I am with you. I will strengthen you. God's power. I will help you. His guidance and His wisdom. I will uphold you. His support. With my righteous right hand. His protection. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call on me and I will answer you. All knowing God and His wisdom. Call on me and I will answer you. Period. Up to him on timing. Don't run ahead of him. If you trust him, if you believe him, if you've received that promise, then you have then the power to wait. Plain and simple. He's already promised that He's going to answer you. If He's given you the promise that He's going to answer you, then He will empower you to give you patience. I will tell you His ability to communicate to me. Me. As difficult as a person that I might be to communicate to, that as, as hard as a head that I may have that I don't understand what people are saying and that I don't grasp things, He knows me and He's going to answer me and He's going to show me great and mighty things that I do not know. Which is no surprise because I don't know a whole lot. We can feel that way, can't we? Well, I don't know. I don't know how. God knows that you don't. And He will meet you where you are because He made you. He breathed life into you and He wants to communicate with you because He has already promised that I'll answer you. So whatever excuses we may throw up, He's got it covered. Our excuses fall dead to the ground. And they should in front of an almighty, holy God. Psalm 91, some of what we read this morning. Because He loves us, says the Lord, I will rescue you, our Savior. I'll rescue you. Because you love me. Not because you threw a lifeline out. Because you love Him. 
He will rescue you. Love Him. I will protect Him, our protector, because they acknowledge my name. They will call upon me and I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble and I will deliver them and honor them. In all of our trouble, in all of our hurt, in all of our pain, if we love Him and acknowledge His name, then He will deliver us, He will save us, He will answer us, and honor us. Because those who trust in Him, He lifts up. Those who trust in Him, He lifts up. Now it may not be according to your plan. And it may not be according to my plan. But it is His plan. It is His plan to lift us up when we honor and acknowledge Him and He will honor us. The Bible says it, not me. It's a promise. So in the difficult times that we are in, love Him, acknowledge Him, and know that He sees where you are and that He will save you, He will rescue you, He will answer you, He will lift you up. Let Him do it. Because too often, I have a plan. I can get out of this. I see how to fix this. And we take our hands and we grab a hold of the situation and... Okay, God, now I really need your help. Don't we? Love Him. Acknowledge Him. Keep your hands off. Keep your hands off. Let Him be who He tells us He is from Genesis to Revelation. Let Him be that. And that is our submission and our surrender. He knows what you need. He knows how you need it. He knows when you need it. Trust Him. Trust Him. Receive what He wants to give you. Receive. Engaging God's promises, receiving God's promises. There's a moment in time of education. You need to know what they are. You need to know what they are. Because you need to know what's in your backpack. You need to know what's in your tool bag. Right? You need to know what they are. That's being in the Word, staying in the Word, staying in, in communication with Him, 
That's prayer. That's this praying without ceasing. That's just living in the moment, allowing your spirit just to just engage and flow with the Holy Spirit. You don't have to be on your knees, eyes closed. He wants to talk to you. I talk to my kids all the time driving down the road. Don't close my eyes. Conversation. Understand and know what those promises are. Secondly, believe. This is part of emptying out our backpack. Believe that those promises are for you. They're for you. What he wrote here, he had you in mind. Believe that those promises are for you. Lastly, accept them. Accept them. When I was first getting my license, my dad and I went truck shopping. I'll never forget it. I kicked myself in the rear end of this day, and you'll know why when I'm done. When I'm done telling you the story. And some of you guys will really appreciate it. So I'm I'm looking around at different cars and, and different trucks, and, and my dad, he had a taste for the unique. He just did. <clears throat> Which I appreciate. Apple doesn't far from the far fall far far from the tree at times. So we pull into this used car lot. It was a 1980 Jeep Scrambler. To some of you, you're like, whatever. To those of you who are like, <clears throat> my dad's like, this is really, really neat. Would you like to have a Jeep? Take the top off and still have a truck bed because we could use a truck around the house. I sat there and I looked at that thing and I'm like, man, I'd love to have that. Would love to have it. Never told him that. I'm like, no. We'll find something else. Didn't get it. And we did. We found another truck, and I had a great time with it. It was fantastic. But my father offered me something that I wanted. By today's standards, did I deserve it? No. By my dad's standards, did I deserve it? Absolutely. Something that I could enjoy. Use. And I walked away from it. Didn't accept it. Didn't believe I should have it. So clearly, one of my rocks to get out of my backpack is lack of self-worth. And I've been working on that. But these promises that God has for us are things that He wants to deposit into our lives, that He wants to give us and anchor it into our backpacks so that when we come across situations and circumstances that fly in the face of what those promises are, we have something to grab a hold of, to pull out and use in the face of the enemy. Because today I am not going to be stolen from, today I am not going to be killed, and today I will not be destroyed. Because my God is for me. And he's not going to leave me. He's going to protect me. He'll guide me through this. And he will hear me when I call. God's promises are for you. They are for you. 
so that you can be you and put God on display so that he can be who he needs to be to others. Because just as much as he loves you, he loves the guy next to you and he loves the lady that's standing beside you in the grocery store line. And if he can pull himself up out of you and let others see him. That's what he wants. And he wants an abundant life for you. And that comes from receiving his promises. God, you have blessed us today. Father, we thank you for your truths. We thank you, God, for your desire to infuse your promises, to inject your promises into our lives so that we may live abundantly and prosperous and successful according to your heart. Father, that as you have promised Joshua, you have promised us. As you promised your children of Israel, you have promised us. Father, I pray that our hearts are open to receive that which you desire to give us. Father, that those promises, that when you spoke them, you had us in mind. Father, may our arms be open to hold them and to hold them close. Father, teach us what they are. Prepare us to receive them and to accept them, to believe them and to act upon them. God, we worship you. No, Father, we do love you. In Jesus' name, amen.